Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are around the world. Welcome back to With You Every Step. Today, we have a guest that is going to talk about her passion and not just a passion of travel, a passion of music. She's going to explain to us how she goes around the world traveling to music festivals. We speak with Trish Rothville today. How are you today? Thank you, Michelle. I'm very well. That's good. Now, we are going to be talking about how you travel. And firstly, I just want our listeners to know, how old are you? I am 69. (laughs) Okay. Now, yes, Trish is 69 and she still travels the world. She is an inspiration to me and I'm hoping to many because she takes on the world. Now, she's going to explain to us how she does that. You are by yourself. Yes, I am by myself. I have been for just over 10 years now. 10 years by yourself. And in that 10 years, have you been traveling? I have done a lot of traveling when I was younger and with the family. But when I became on my own and oldest child had left home and I felt that I still wanted to travel, I wasn't going to let it stop me. So I started looking for ways to do that. Very carefully at first, um, but then getting branching out and doing things more on my own as I got better. How did you do that? So what was the way that you did that to be able to go out and feel comfortable to do it by yourself, seeing that you'd been traveling with a family for so many years, now finding yourself by yourself? How did you feel comfortable to go out there and what did you do? I tended to look totally in a different area to where we'd traveled before. I looked at my own wish list. I had my own wish list for a change. So I um, didn't write them down or do anything like that, but I had them in my mind that, yes, I really wanted to see this place or that place. Now it was just your choice. You didn't have to compromise. I didn't have to please anyone else. I I could make that decision myself. And, And look, one of my daughters loved Egypt. And, and that was the tester in a way, traveling with my daughters, going to Egypt with all of us blonde hair, basically. And that was a big step to take. So looking into it, I figured a tour was going to be the best thing and finding a tour that suited me. I'd always look down on tours. A lot of people do. I find that. (laughs) And especially from doing this, I've spoken to a lot of people that do say the same thing. They do say, oh, no, tours aren't for me. But then I think once you do it, it changes your mind. Did it change your mind? It did because it's finding the right tour and it's doing your homework, getting um, word of mouth, reading the magazines and things you trust. And uh, and then, of course, now with all the TripAdvisor and stuff like that too. You can... And podcasts. And wonderful podcasts, <laughs> yes. That's right. And, and, and the world sort of uh, opens up to you and, and, and you get the, um, the ideas from that and you go and do your own research and, uh, and look, there's, there's price points that you can afford and ones you can't. Um, but the things in the middle usually work out the best, I've found. I don't want to go on the high-end stuff. That's uh, not what I want to do. Um, and I don't want to be staying at one 
one night in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, very tiring doing it, it those is, kinds of tours. It is. So at least two or three nights in every place. So I look for those things and look for the tours. But Egypt was a real eye-opener because um, I would never have been able to go to that country and I think it is very hard for or certain certain people of ages like myself and that to see those countries without having someone to move you through, give you those opportunities. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fantastic and uh, it was a real experience. Uh, so that kicked me off. It did kick you off, didn't <laughs> yes. it? So then you started to do your own things away yes. from your children. Away from my children, yes, and it became my respite, my my break. My other interests, what are they? I'm passionate about lots of different things, but there's firstly music. I'll get to that in a minute. Wine and food was a thing okay. uh, that I I was always very keen on history. I used to go to a restaurant up in northeast Victoria where there was a chef, and she's a lovely chef, and she came from Perugia, around Perugia area. Where's that? In Italy. Okay. And she would take a tour back. I thought, I'm going to do that. So there was 12 people um, at a beautiful old house in the middle of the countryside, We'd go travelling off to buy food at the market. So, hold on a second. You met this woman at a restaurant here. Yes. Got yes, talking. Yes. She said, I run to it. Yes. You said, I want to come. Yes. And it happened. That's yes. how it happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just catching up. Just catching up. I, I knew no one on it. Yeah. I just rolled up. I had to get myself, got myself to Rome, got on a train, went to Perugia. Uh, and um, how far is Perugia from Rome? Well, it was... Maybe three hours. It it was a local train. It wasn't one of the expresses. Yeah. They had uh, someone there to meet us, the son, and all of a sudden you're looking for somebody and you you, <laughs> you meet up and then off you go. Were, were you worried that Not this wasn't – no. no, you weren't worried that this wasn't a designed tour? This no. was just someone you'd met that said, yeah. hey, I'm doing a tour, come yeah. with me? That was a risk, Trish. I know. I know. <laughs> Did you feel like and it was a risk? they organised it all themselves and I went from one extreme into the deep end. It was brilliant. Oh, look, I, I, I guess I had a level of trust. She ran a restaurant up in – uh, Victoria I'd been to before. Yeah, it was just interesting. It was a really good tour because people came from uh, mainly New South Wales, Tasmania and Victoria. We just we went out foraging for our own food in all the best markets and all oh. the best suppliers. We did a couple of day trips, you know, before I knew it, 10 days was up. It was too short, so I decided then i join another tour, which I had planned, which was through a company, uh, and I'd planned that timing to uh, time in. So I had five days in Rome on my own, great city, you can do cities easily on your own, and uh, then I caught the train down to Naples, got off the train station there, and then the the fear set in, (gasps) Naples, and people said, don't wait here, go there. So off I went and they, in Italy, and this is what I found out, they have women's waiting rooms. Oh. Yes, strictly for women. And I think I've found out in other European cities it's the same, particularly. I've never seen trains. them. Yeah, haven't you? No. no. And they, they told me to go and wait in the women's um, waiting room because I was there a bit early for my train because uh, I went down to the train station where I knew the train was going to come in because it was on my ticket but there was still a couple more trains to come in so and then I 
then I sort of have read later that Naples isn't a very good place to stand around waiting. Okay. So I was safe. I was fine. People. I do find that you. though. I do find yeah. that people see you and go, yes. "Oh, there's a woman by herself." Yes. If they know there's somewhere to just to. to Send you in the right direction. Yes. They did. They put you yes. in a women's only, only waiting room. I've never heard of that. Do they still have them now? What that, year was that? That was 2008. Okay. Yeah. So 10 years ago. So I I probably think they would still. Mm. Oh, the Europeans have these traditions, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. They do have traditions. They do. But you see, when you are travelling on your own and you do get to a station early or uh, you've got your bags. Yeah. And you've got your suitcases because you don't check them in like in an airport and then you can go to the loo yeah. or do something like that. It was sort of an issue. I found a couple of times you have to take your luggage with you. And, and you've got to take it in, in the in cubicle. A, yeah, I know. I know. Oh. I know. Because you're not going to say to someone, oh, you mind my bag while I go. <laughs> do remember um, that there's some of the other little issues that um, that do come up when, you, when you're on your own. Well, anyway, I got the train down to Sorrento and joined another tour on my own. So I was off and running after that. I, I That month or so away or nearly a month away just told me I could do it. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So that was the empowerment that you that's needed. Right. <laughs> and then you were off running. I was. And so I started ticking the list a bit. Um, I have a couple of friends and and a sister too, very generous from time to time. They suggest I come with them and go on trips. So so that sort of did a few trips along the way. But then there's always been something I really was passionate about, and that is my music. And yeah. I like a whole range of genres of music. I mean, I'll go to an opera and love it, and but also I love... And what are you doing tonight, Trish? <laughs> I'm going to see Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> she loves her concerts. It's fabulous. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I go to them on my own too. Yeah. Uh, with... I guess it gets a point in your life where there's things you want to do and other people don't want to don't do want it, to. and you just go. Yep, yep. And I don't spend my money on some things but um the money you know buy a ticket or do something i'll i'll rather spend the money on that than mm. than some of the other things uh that that probably people pay um, or spend their money on yeah. i've always been a supporter of community radio here in melbourne we've got some great radio stations pbs and triple r and so i'm a subscriber and i'm a, to both of those no just a triple r now yeah. And I listened to a program on Saturday morning called Off the Record and the presenter of that, he'd come back from New Orleans, he'd been to Jazz Fest and he'd be talking about it and I thought, oh gee, you know, these wonderful things people do and I realised and found out that he actually gets about 20 people together every year and you put your hand up and you can join a tour and off you go. You could just go to New Orleans and see Jazz Fest or you can go on a bit of a tour through the Delta area, the blues, the gospel areas, the back into the country areas up around Memphis and Nashville and so forth. Uh, so I did, I did two of those. I now, went, how did you put your hand up? Did they put out on the radio, yeah, this is well, what we're going to do yeah. and do you want to go to this email address? And Yeah, well, it must have been that they hadn't filled it that year and they were putting it out. Um, but I think if you get interested in these sort of things and you have these presenters, and I know Triple R have a couple of other programs, Twain does things into Texas and 
uh, a couple of other genres too. And the presenters specialise in these genres and then will take groups, not every year necessarily, but every now and then. So, um, but I think he must have put it out there was something going because that's what I did. I just got in touch with the um, the radio station on their um, their website, got their email, email through, I got an email back, yeah, there's a spot. And then you go on your own. Now there's no private rooms in these things. So that's the next challenge. You get lobbed in with strangers and off you go. And how much is the price range for these things? Not expensive. Not as expensive as you might think. You've got to get your own airfares. You've got to get yourself there. Uh, And then there's a meeting point and you'll go there. And so you, you get yourself however you want to get there to the hotel where it's So, starts. for example, where would you be flying into? Well, the last one I did with that, I flew into Memphis. Okay. And, and I had, so you the, had to go... Had the hotel room, uh, my own transport into the hotel. And they so had, they tell you what hotel to yeah, go to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the bookings are made for the hotel. It's like a lot of tours. They give you a meeting point mm-hmm. and you get there the, usually in the evening and then you have a, a meal or a gathering, you know, drinks or whatever, and you get to know who's on. They give you your kit. You know, What's your kit? Yeah, you know, your name tags, rundown of what you're doing, you know, daily sheet or something for the day or or the, the whole tours kind of. You've got most of that information already, but you, you'll have a sort of a sheet of things you're going to be okay. doing. Because a kit to me sounds exciting. Yes. I was like, yeah. what do they give you? Little, little, do you get like a little, little show bag? bag. <laughs> oh, I love gifts. I love it. No matter what it is, if I get any kind yeah. of little show bag, even if it's just got samples in it of something, yeah. like makeup samples, I'm like, yes, yes. score. Yes, I'm very nice. excited about that. So, you, so do you get a name badge and you get like yeah. a lanyard? No, it was a little pin-on badge. Just a pin-on yes. badge. So, no so, lanyards. I think no, lanyards no, as well. No, no, no. Okay. And, and, and we, we started wearing these for a few days, but then you get to know who everyone yeah. is and you, you put them away. But they're useful. We started off in Memphis. So you flew from Melbourne? Melbourne. LA? Did yeah. you have to go via yeah. LA yeah. and then down to Memphis? Was it only one stopover or was there a few? Because sometimes no. within America you might have to take yeah. two. And that's the thing. When you're planning your trip, you've got to work out the timing. Mm-hmm. And um, like I fly Qantas and um, with Qantas, American Airlines link in. Yeah. So, and then going to Memphis is out of the way. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's such a yeah. long flight from Australia. It's 14 yeah. hours direct from mm. Melbourne to LA mm. and then depends on your stopover mm. and how long you have to then your connecting flight. Mm. And then I know certain places you either have to maybe mm. go via Denver as well. Yes. Where did you have to go via, do you remember, to get no, to Memphis? Well, this, or was it direct? This was direct. Okay. And I know someone that went there a couple of years ago and they couldn't make the connection, had to go. I think they flew into Dallas, Fort Worth, mm-hmm. and made a connection there. You get to know the flights too, and there's a patterning uh, goes on. Because if you leave Melbourne on certain flights and go direct to Los Angeles, they come in really early in the morning, like six o'clock. Yeah. And then it's a time lag, and I know you get stuffed up in your head a bit, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. But if you just program yourself, just think you're going overnight, arriving. And then you get there, and if you get a flight in Los Angeles, you've got to leave four hours, Mm. maybe three to four hours. That's really good advice. Um, So we were getting like a midday flight to Memphis, Memphis. 
And then you get in then, even if you may have to stop over somewhere on the way, you get in at like five o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. There's time lags there too with time change zone. You're going back in time. So what I did was worked out that and I constantly now, I've probably gone back to the States about seven times since then. (laughs) And have they always been for these festivals? Festivals. They've branched out to different festivals. See, that one was to go to Jazz Fest in New Orleans, which is two weekends, a whole week in the middle where you go off and do other stuff like you can go into Cajun country, you can do all sorts of things. Into what country? Country, yeah. You go into western Louisiana. What did you say, Cajun? Cajun, What's that mean? Well, it's a whole other culture. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, tell me. In Louisiana, it it was owned by the French, it was owned by the Spanish, and it got bought by United States. People came down from, well, French people left France to go to Canada, They got ostracized there, religious bias, all sorts of things. And then they fled there and came down to Louisiana, where it was a French colony and they were welcomed. So you've got this unique French-speaking culture in uh, Western Louisiana. You go into... Still today? Yeah. And you look at the names of the places, Baton Rouge, Fayetteville. They're all French. I have never been down to that part of the US. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of the US, but that's one section I haven't done yet. It's fascinating. And then you hit Texas and you go way into a whole other thing. With the way Jazz Fest is, it's a festival that has two weekends with a week in the middle. And it enables you to do other things in New Orleans and really travel Mm. around and look at things. That's the key festival I started with. I did that twice. And the second time I went into Texas instead of Memphis. And then you start making music friends who all come from Melbourne. Because they're all linked on this tour. Okay, and they all listen to Triple R. Triple R. And we all go to similar concerts when they come to town. So once again, you can have a drink before a concert and meet up with people. They're your music friends. They're my Mm. music friends. That's great, though. So you started off just listening to the radio, thinking, wow, that sounds really good. I would like to go and do that. Did that, met all these people, and now you travel with those people. Yes. Do do most of those people go to all the same events? No. Or they go to different Different ones. Okay. it's Facebook's useful there, who's going to what and all of that. Then one friend, uh, her name's Sandra, she and I got on and we'd been roomies a couple of times in the other tours. So we... Just by coincidence, not by being asked. No, no, that's right. And they used to rotate everyone a bit. So, you know, you might find someone you really... um, got on with and stay with. Otherwise, they just rotated people so you didn't get... You didn't get sick of being, <laughs> being the same with, person. The same That's person nice. Some people That's you, smart. You didn't yeah. get on. So they worked it out very well. What uh, we ended up doing is branching out then and some other people who'd done the tour too, they wanted to do different festivals. So we ended up finding this fantastic festival in Nashville called the Americana, Americana Music Festival and Conference and you sign up as a conference member, like you're in the industry, and off we go. Oh, <laughs> and, and do we, you get a lanyard then? We do get yes. a lanyard then. <laughs> and we lanyards. get into everything. We get into the interviews. We get into – so I've sort of drilled down into enjoying 
a lot of extra stuff in the in the music without being in the music industry myself. Do you get backstage? Do you get yeah, to meet yeah, the people get, that you're listening to? You get to? to meet many of the people who sit down and talk to you because you're part of that. You now, know. how did you get into this again? Well, Explain in detail because, in case someone else wants to do that. Yeah, okay. Well, if you go, simple as this, online, mm-hmm. if you're interested in some of these musical genres, they'll have conferences or festivals. Get on their website, have a look, see when they open and when the ticketing starts opening, and then you just uh, apply and you get, you get your ticket. Now, it costs a little bit more. Uh, I could go to every concert there and just pay maybe $10 or $15 because some of these things are very low priced in America. But you pay about... Compared four, to us in Australia. Yeah, I know. It but kills it, us. I know. But I think we pay about 400 bucks, 450 Mm-hmm. for a conference membership okay, and that gets you into everything and it is worth it. And I, backstage and, and where yeah, you get to interviews meet interviews oh, and fabulous. Everything, everything. And how many days is that for? Well, it's uh, it's five or six days, I think. Yeah, okay, yeah, five yeah. or six days. Yeah. That's um, pretty good. It ends on a Sunday and I, I think the conference actually finishes on the Saturday but they have things on the Sunday. Where so. do you stay? Well, we stay. Because I know that there's a lot of music festivals here mm. that a lot of their, you know, 20-year-olds go to mm. and they camp and mm. there's a lot in America that are very mm. similar too. There like are. Burning Man where they and, do a lot oh, of yes. wild things. Yes, yes. Burning Man yeah. on your list, Trish? Uh, no, probably <laughs> not. Yeah, there are lots of festivals in the States that have camping and they run through their summer uh, and that's a really high time for those kind of festivals. This one's in the autumn, but it's a little bit American more... American autumn? Yeah, American fall as they call it. Mm-hmm. But it is more an industry-based thing. See, like South by Southwest is too... Um, they have these... So they're for the more diehard lovers of this music? Oh, and people in the industry, whereas you get, yeah, The Burning Man and there's oh another big one that I have been to in San Francisco uh, called Hardly Strictly Bluegrass. Uh, it's a strange name, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not strictly bluegrass. It's everything from rock and roll right through. And that's a city-based festival, so camping doesn't happen. But often in those ones out in certain fantastic locations, often in national parks. and they So the do one you're camping. going to, you stay in a hotel stay in and a you hotel go every day into a- it? And I'm, I'm leaving in a month to go again and I will be staying in a hotel. Some of the past ones, we've actually got Airbnb houses. Okay. And we've based ourselves there for two or three weeks. And, and the organisers organise all that? You don't no, have to organise? No, oh, you do. no. This one is us. Okay. So going to these music conferences, and that, this is us. We're doing our own thing. We're getting organised in our own way. So you're not part of a tour group with this, this no, conference one? this is a group of people doing a oh, so tour. This is, I get And you. that's where it's been till this year. This year is slightly different. There's... Someone who has been part of the travelling group is a travel agent and with a couple of others, they've put together a special tour and invited people to join it. Okay. So So this one's not for everybody. This is for the elite festival goers. A group on Facebook, they're called Listening Through the Lens and there's a music writer who writes for... Is it a group open to anybody? Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. if you just go search for listening uh, through the lens. And another guy is a photographer and another guy is a travel agent. They uh, put this one out and 10 of us are going. 
And they did it this way so that 10 do it, so that we split into two SUVs. Oh, perfect. Right? And Clever. Transport. So Very we're important. arriving in Nashville. We're going to do um, Americana. And then we're going to go driving and doing some really different things. We're going to Bristol Roots, which is, it's all American Roots music. Anything from gospel, then through to country, bluegrass, rock, yeah, country rock, old country, folk, folk music. And so you get this lovely mix of lots of different genres of music. And then we're going to go across to Columbia, Missouri, and there's this blues, roots and barbecue two-day festival we're going to go to. Once again, same mix of genres. Then this time we're going to do something really different. We're going to drive down through the Midwest from Kansas City to Oklahoma City and take in some music sites. Cause, Careful um, of Tornado Alley. Mm, mm, that's a tornado mm, area. Have to, <laughs> have to find out what the timing is there. Yeah. So there's a lot of historical stuff through there. Woody Guthrie came from there. Um, Bob Dylan's left his archives in Tulsa to a museum there. So there's things to see, things to do, and then we can head home through uh, from there back to Los Angeles. So we're doing... We're going via Dallas-Fort Worth this time because the connections work to get into Nashville once again, four or five in the afternoon. Yeah. You get in for dinner, go to sleep, you're fresh the next day to start. Yeah. How many weeks will you be away for this one? This that sounds one, like quite a lot of travelling yes, there. a couple of days short of a month. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Need, you need about that. Yeah. I was thinking about three to four weeks. Once again, there's things on my list that I will go back there and visit. Things mm. that will you go by yourself? And I will still. Yeah. I will go by myself. See, I will go with a tour and suss out the right tour, and I'll do bookend it. I'll do some stuff on my own. Yeah, do a tour to see the hard yards. Yeah, and then uh, end somewhere where I want to do some stuff by and, yourself. By myself. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a really good way of doing it because. I find with a tour, you get so much in without having to stress. Yes. So you can just go, all right, I want to do this part by myself, but then the other parts, I only need to see a little bit of that. And the tour covers it. So it gets me from A to B without having the worry. Yes. And it leads me to the next point is finding the right tour. And and it's it's easy to say and not so easy necessarily to do because when you start looking at the uh, the world of quizzes and tours and that. There's only a few companies really that ha- have ownership of all of these. So they end up being offshoots and different way of marketing to different demographics and different crowds. And that's where the, the tours I would probably go looking for, uh, the ones that a 30 to 40-year-old would look for. But there, you do your homework and you'll find the right tour with the right age group and I think that's important because I don't want to be traveling with you know 20 year olds 20 year olds that want to drink all night night. that's That's right right. I mean I still drink all night but I don't drink (laughs) as much (laughs) that's where I I sort of look you know you've heard of Abercrombie and Kent and Scenic and they're all high-end tours but you look at that company and then you come down the rungs of you and you get to like Evergreen or there's another company, Insight, and they then have tours that really do take care of things. Mm-hmm. 
they don't mollycoddle you, but they don't either cost you a fortune. They they are in the mid range of of the costs. And you get what you pay for, you know. Yeah, um, you, I, I did Trafalgar yes. with my dad through Italy. Yes. And I picked them because of the age range. Yes. I didn't want to take dad on a, you know, a yep. young group. Yeah. And the the people on that tour were great, but I found that everywhere they took us was way out of the way. So then we had to pay to join the activities. We couldn't just go by ourselves. Have you found that with any of those tour companies that you've been with? The thing is getting you to a place, but if they just dump you there and you've got to find your own way around, it's, it's not good. So I like the sort of tour that takes you to a place for two or three nights, gives you options of things that you can do, also always gives you an overview of the place. So you're going on a walking tour of mm, the city. Or that's what didn't happen because yeah. they, they every place that they put us in to, at the hotel to stay in, which were all lovely, yeah. they were just out of the way. They yeah. weren't in the cities. No, no, and they've got to be in the city. If you're yeah. doing city-based tourism in particularly European places and that, um, you want to be in the cities and you want to be in there so you can walk around, you can yeah. enjoy the place, and then you get your free days and you want your free days and you yeah. want time to have your free yeah. days. You you don't want to be rushed back on a bus and you're off again. You want that balance uh, of when you get to those places, being in the right location, getting an overview and then having the time and then having some choices. Yes, they might be going out of town to see something that's really worthwhile. Well, you pay for that, you mm. make that choice and you go. The other thing, Europe's great, England's great, uh, Ireland is too for that matter, for those sort of tours. But America is not. And there are wonderful big cities in the States that are fantastic. You can just spend, you know, two, three weeks in, like New York or Chicago. You can spend a couple of weeks there. But a lot of the cities, like some of these cities I'm going to, like they'll have little downtowns and big spread out things. And what you find is the cities there, the the beltways and the circle road connect all the freeways and all the cheaper motels are all out on those beltways and where those freeways are. And yet, what, how do you get there? You've got to have a car. Mm. And if you get dumped in the middle of town, you can only stay in hotels. And the hotels, they'll be expensive because that's the way those big chains are, the Marriott's and the Four Seasons and so forth. And to get the smaller chains, you end up out of town. Mm. So when the tours do that, and if they don't provide you with any transport, you are stuck. stuck. Yeah, Yeah, and that's what we found. We were stuck and it was a bit frustrating because there were some of the tours that they had optioned that day that we didn't want to yeah. do yeah and then we thought well we're a bit stuck and we had to get two buses because my I've got a lot of family in Europe my cousin was oh, coming from yes. Switzerland down to see us yeah. and we wanted to spend that day with him and we had to get two buses and then the buses didn't come and we were stuck and we didn't know where our hotel was it was a oh, little bit of a mess because it was so far yes. out That was a little bit of an issue. But the rest of the tour was great, and I do recommend them. They are really great for an older generation, I find. I wouldn't personally do it again because I'm still not at that point. The age group of the people doing the Triple R tour, what age group were they? Well, they're very varied. 
but I'd say say out of um, 25 people, there might be half a dozen younger people, and I'd say around the 30s. And okay, be, which is 30s is fine. Yeah, they're I, I they're find. starting to be people that have got a music genre. Uh, sort of focus and they they know themselves, you know. You're not getting any young 20-year-olds that want to party and go no, crazy. And- no, and, and there's where you did mention the price point of it. I, I think it was around $3,500 or something. Um, so that puts, that, puts that bracket yeah, out. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah, look, it's, it's just, uh, I'd say, mainly focused in the 40s to 60s age group mm-hmm. people who have probably got a little bit of spare cash to indulge themselves in in doing and and, and often couples too not just single people uh, obviously they share similar interests but a lot of single people because oh their partner doesn't like it but they do and they're off and 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 women as well as men too there were probably uh 60 40 men women Mm-hmm. Yeah, less less women on the music tours. I think it's sort of morphed from, for me, travelling on my own, wanting to travel on my own and trying to find the right vehicles. And that's how we've sort of morphed mm. into tours. And, and the other thing is the right standard of tours comes and collects your bags when the bus is leaving or the train or you're going to the airport. You leave them outside your room and they come collect them. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to carry them. The porterage of, of, and usually it's one bag, the more expensive ones have multiple bags, but, you know, unless if you're travelling on economy, which I am, you can't. And when you are travelling in the US on economy, you must be under 20 kilos too. So you've got to manage a bag, but having someone to pick it up on that and take it for you. Absolutely. And that is helpful. Even for me, who's a Mm. lot younger than you are, I still struggle with that. I hate that part. But then the older you're getting, you know what? They're heavy. Suitcases, 20 kilos. kilos. That's a lot to be lifting up and putting on a bus and putting it underneath and all that kind of stuff in in and and out of cars. Putting them in a Boots and cars, very difficult. Have you done any travelling where you haven't done a tour? Yes. And you've been yes. totally by yourself? Yeah. I went to India totally on my own. Did you really? Yes, I did. went to southern India. And I had a friend who uh, lived in India and she helped me put together an so, itinerary. Itinerary, yes. She helped me investigate homestays. Fantastic in India. Really? You stay in I homes would never think to do and that they in India. look after you and take you around and yeah, stay, yeah. you pay. But they've got a spare room. Usually it's, it's a nice home. It's usually in a nice place. And, and you're getting home cooking? Yes. Oh, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> she set me up with a private driver. That's what they do. They have private drivers that drive, and a lot of the hotels and guest houses. Uh, you stay in, they will put the driver up too. They have a little room out the back for the drivers. Oh. It's a whole different way of... I didn't... I've never been to India. Oh, yes. That sounds really interesting. So, so I, you'd I did... go there, your driver picks you up from the airport? The driver came and picked me up from a house because I was staying with somebody. And then I had an itinerary. He took me to... I went to Mysore. Uh, so I had about a week travelling around. And then I caught a train and then I took the train to into Kerala to Cochin and someone else picked me up from there and they took me to the homestay. I stayed there and that same driver then came and took me on a, another little link. I went round through the backwaters. 
I went on one of the old cruise boats. They go there's these old uh, boats that go on the on the backwaters. Sounds lovely. And then I was back to the train, and then back to Bangalore. And then did I you have up any there. issues where the driver made any passes at you? I'm not sure if you've heard my episode with Joanna. I know. Yes, I heard that. Yes. No. The things that were happening when she was by herself, and that was obviously in a different country. Yeah. I was wondering if been spending a lot of time with this one person. Yes. Was it the one driver the whole time? No, no, there, oh, there two, were two different, two different drivers. drivers. Okay. A driver from uh, the Mysore area and then Bangalore, going back to Bangalore, uh, and then the train, but there was the another driver in, in How in, did you find these coaching. drivers? Like if I was wanting to do that, yeah. how would I do that? So there's not like a website that has – I think there is most likely – most definitely is a website and there's a, an organisation or group. There are organisations here in Australia that do organise those things too. I know that for a fact. They organise things in India, they organise things in China too and I think we have now a diaspora of people living here from those countries that makes sense that they have that knowledge mm. and those ties. There's lots of interesting... The internet has opened up the world of travel, hasn't it? It really yeah. has. And, and you you can know, t- home swapping now is becoming yes. a really big thing. Oh, you come and live in my house, I'll yes. go and live in yours in Europe and oh, there's so many things that can happen now with the internet. Oh, yeah. It's really helped with the world world of travel. I know. Okay. And um, how long were you in India for? I was there for three weeks. And you didn't have any incidents where you felt unsafe by yourself? Uh, no. Great. No, no incidents I felt unsafe, but there were some things I was wary of. Yeah. Things such as not buying your water from street stalls because they get the empty bottles, fill them up and glue them together. Little tips like this mm. that you start to realise in other countries, uh, I'm sure other countries do the same. Yeah. I would buy my water from a uh, in a big bottle from a reputable place where I knew stick with the same brand of water and I would fill my bottle and have that bottle with me all, all day. Leaving your shoes to go into temples was a funny thing and there were shoe minders. So some people said, no, no, I'm not going to leave my shoes with a shoeminder. I'm going to save a few, you know, it ends up being cents. Because you've got to pay them. You've got to pay them. And that's their living. That's what they make their living from. And your shoes are cleaned for you when when you come back. And I never lost a pair of shoes, but I heard of other people losing nice Reeboks and oh, all sorts okay. of yeah, they, Oh, so the shoeminders oh, shoe look after your shoes. Your shoes will be there. Oh, you mean the people that didn't pay the shoeminders yes. lost their shoes? They leave their shoes further out. Oh, since the shoeminders had, t- had taken the shoes. No, the shoeminders <laughs> make sure they're very safe. Yes. Okay, so pay for a shoeminder. Shoe <laughs> okay, when you go good. into the temples in India, and all the shoeminders have territory around the entrance, you see. So you've got to leave your shoes way out, sometimes 50 metres away, if you don't. It's all these little strange things. Don't pat dogs in India either. I don't pat stray dogs no, anywhere. No. And you do see cattle walking around on the streets. They're they're revered. Amazing sights. But it's a fascinating country and they are wonderful people. Good on you, Trish. Yeah. I love hearing your stories. They're so inspirational to me because yeah. I hope that when I get to nearly 70 <laughs> that I am still travelling the world. And yes. if I am still by myself at that point, then I'm still doing it and I'm yes. doing it by myself because yes. I think it's great that you do. And I think a lot of women find themselves in that situation, got married, they've had kids, they get to a point where now that marriage might have broken down or they've lost their partner. What do I do now? I still want to travel. So I think it's great that you still do it. And there's ways of doing it in a safe way that like you've done it. See myself traveling on my own 
even though I do maybe join a tour for a I feel the same. Yeah, I Um, feel the same because you are by yourself and it's still, you can choose to be antisocial and you can choose to go off and do your own thing Yes, or you can join the group if you want to. Not everybody is social butterflies like you and I. So it is perfect way of doing it it just takes the stress out of it but like you said it's just finding the one that suits what you want and I think now there's so many groups that you can join like you said there's Facebook group there is I didn't even know radio stations did tours I did not know that and it makes sense yes but triple r good on you well done thank you for giving people somewhere to go and what to do it's great it is it is it is truly great for people who don't like packing their bags up every day mm. or every third day on a bus tour, there are cruises. And I intend to do a cruise along uh, the rivers in Europe. There, there's a, a few pointers there for sort of travelling your, on your own but and semi-travelling on your own or fashioning it to... Well, I still think it is travelling by yourself. It's Mm. just a matter of meeting people along the way and now you've met those people that have the same interest from Mm. being on something by yourself to now that you can go and do with them. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. I think it's really inspirational, Trish, and I love that you take on the world (laughs) and that you go to all these music festivals and you're nearly 70 and it's fabulous. I'm really lucky that I got to talk to you today. Thank you. And I hope our listeners really got something out of it and hope that everyone can still be travelling the world no matter how old you are that's right there's no barrier at all no barrier just just get out there and do it (laughs) thanks trish for being on with you every step great thank you michelle thanks for listening to with you every step hosted by michelle lee we do hope you enjoyed listening and if you did make sure you tell everybody if you didn't nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, please email us at michelle at michellelee.com or head to the contact us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.